Good evening and welcome to Health Beat on WDIY. Health Beat is a program generously supported by our co-host and friends at the Leonard Parker Pool Institute for Health. As always, I would like to say good evening to our co-host, the Executive Director of the Pool Institute for Health, Edward Meehan. Hi, Ed. Good evening, Greg. It's great to be here. Good to have you, as always. As you know, HealthBeat enjoys looking at our local social determinants of health, and tonight our topic is art as a means of expression. Our special guest this evening is Chloe Cole Wilson. Welcome, Chloe. Hello. How are you? Terrific. Thank you for being with us. Thank for, you. Yeah, For our audience, Chloe is a strong arts and design professional with a bachelor's degree focused in psychology from Capella University. She is an experienced artistic executive director with a demonstrated history of working in the individual and family services industry. For our listeners, please recall on our last episode, we spoke with Chris Coker from the Dorothy Ryder Pool Wildlife Sanctuary to learn more about how nature intertwines with health and well-being and its ties to the pool legacy. On this episode, we learn more about a brand new exhibit at the Allentown Arts Museum that connects visual and performing arts, mental health, and community well-being. Chloe, you're a pool fellow and you recently created and opened the Restoring Petals exhibition currently on display in our Allentown community. This initiative created space to explore the profound impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on both our past and our future. That's a lot. Chloe, the last few years, it's been pretty wild. Can you tell us more about Restoring Petals and the experience that one gets when they visit? Yeah, so... I would like to start by saying that Restoring Petals was an idea that came from a space of passion and a space of grief and honor. I lost three very important people in my life during the pandemic, and it was an opportunity to create something that gave folks a container and a space to, one, cultivate rest, have conversations about COVID-19, the misinformation that happened around like the vac- vaccinations and ensuring that you're well and COVID-19 in general and how to take care of it, right? Ensuring that our community has the information that they need. But also I wanted this to be an interactive space where people felt rest. When you walk into the space, it's a breath of fresh air. Um, and that's what I've gotten from community members as well. You walk in and it's just like, a tunnel of sunflowers and poetry by young folks and in our community. And then you come into this beautiful mural that was created by um, incredible local artists. And then from there, you there's like a few sections of the space. One section of the space is to honor through resin art that I have created with families to honor their family members that they've lost and had processed their grief during COVID-19. And then in the next corner is the sitting space for people to just read our reading levels amongst our children, K through 12, like we're extremely affected because of the pandemic. And I wanted this to be a space where that is highlighted and talked about. So it's a corner for all ages. There's all different material there for young people to read, for older folks to read and feel connected to community and receive rest. And then we have a tunneled area where we have photos of Allentown during COVID-19. And then on the other side, we displayed our podcast episodes 
And so I was able to talk to 12 individuals about their experiences during COVID-19. With all of that beautiful, immersive art around you, you also get this amazing um, soundscape that was developed by a local artist named Darius Foster. And yeah, it's like a hip hop, lo-fi, trap fusion of different music styles to really create this space and create a sound for what we are in. And yeah, that's kind of the experience and, and where it was coming from. I'm sorry that you lost some people during the pandemic. I think a lot of us did. Yes. I did. There was a lot of, remember the anxiety that people had when the, the vaccinations first came out? I, I mean, it was like a secret solution that people were standing in line doing all kinds of things to get it. That creates a lot of anxiety. So how do people process that anxiety? I mean, what ha- when you feel like that, what's the, what's, psychologically, what's the effect? We're going to get to I how think- you cure it, but you know, what does it do to us? For one, it it affects our our bodies, like truly affects our bodies. Heart rate goes up. We're also talking about like our breathing is affected. So much of our bodies, our immune system is affected when we're in a space where we're not exactly understanding what's going on with our bodies. So anxiety affects our bodies physically, but the mental portion is the big piece, right? I think what's more most important for people to understand about anxiety and the stressors that were happening during COVID-19 was one, a lot of this was misinformation. So it created this energy around the issue where people weren't taking time to rest, people weren't taking time to ask questions, talk to health professionals about their issues. Everyone who was connected to like the CDC and other health organizations became like enemies to folks. And how do you have conversations about those feelings and going back to restoring petals and where it came from and how did we like create this concept Uh, or how did I create this concept with community? I wanted to create a space that will not only just challenge misinformation, but ensure that people have the right information from trusted health professionals and that they have choice, right? Mm -hmm. They have choice in understanding how COVID-19 and vaccinations and how their treatment affects them with the correct information. Greg, I lost my brother to COVID in the early days. And uh, as you described, we've all Almost all of us know someone who's passed uh, sure. as a result of COVID. Chloe, I know that as part of your art, you are very in touch and attuned to the community. And I think that in the process of doing this, I suspect that you had many conversations with a lot of different people. And I bet you learned a lot. I wonder if you could share with us uh, the things that you learned, the things that you uh, gleaned from from talking with people about COVID, about anxiety around COVID, and in, about mental health in general. Yeah, so I think for some folks, the isolation was big. We were isolated for so long. And I don't think people really recognized how much it affected them until they were in the space, right? So we did have an opening day and it was like a beautiful day, just a beautiful day. And a lot of the conversations I was having with community members was, I haven't been out really with amongst people in a crowd in years. Some folks were saying that they still feel uncomfortable being in community because we are still in the thick of it, right? COVID-19 is going to be with us for lifetimes. And so what does it mean to know that and protect yourself from COVID-19 and the flu and other seasonal 
viruses and and colds and things like that during a time in which this is when it happens most during the winter time. And so those were a lot of my conversations around isolation, feeling like people have lost an opportunity to connect with people because we were in isolation so long. So now we're kind of like learning all together. What does it mean to interact with each other? What does it mean to tell someone that you're going through something and feel safe again in community? And so that's already so hard to do without the elements of COVID-19 and the isolation. And then to stack that on top of people trying to learn how to socialize, people trying to learn how to understand their mental health. You know, I think a lot of people really felt connected. A lot of people felt like they can also use art as a catalyst to to create healing and to process. That's a big part of Restoring Petals. When you go into the show, all of the poetry is around COVID-19 and a few themes, home, community, connection, and loneliness. So those are like the four main themes of the literature that you will read from the, oh, we had about, 15 poets submit poetry into the show. And and then we had like this awesome group from Jeriff High School called Spitting Truth, who also created, you know, work around it as well. But when you read those poems, it really highlights some of the mental health challenges that did happen. And it really also highlights the need for us and the longing for us to connect again. And so those are some of the findings that I had. Another thing too, and you'll hear this throughout the podcast series is grief isn't just the loss of someone. We're also grieving our, what we would consider normal. We're grieving this, this afterlife of COVID and like, what does it mean to go back into a space where things are not normal again? Um, What does it mean to connect with your family members that you weren't able to see during this time and really create space for them? And so we're also grieving the loss of time. We're grieving the loss of our education system. A lot of things happened with that and our young people are behind. And so what is it, what does that mean? And so grief is like a, a large theme around the show because we are grieving. Yeah. I've heard people, and myself included, uh, refer to the before days. Yeah, absolutely. As if it was some sort of science fiction movie. Yes. Uh, but uh, Chloe, I've, I've seen the exhibit. It, the, it's immersive. It's you, the, the multi-art depiction of it is really impactful and it's really good. I really enjoyed it very, very much. Tell me, when and how did you realize that art had the connection to mental health and that art was a vehicle for expression? So when I was, I'm born and raised in Allentown. So the city is very important to me. I was 14 years old and I stumbled upon a dance group called Escape. Um, Unfortunately, they no longer exist. But because of Escape, that's when I started to realize like in my body as a young person, I wanted to dance and move and had a, a place for expression. And, you know, as a young person um, who was growing up on the north side of Allentown, also grew up on the east side of Allentown, I experienced a lot of challenges with poverty and all of these things. And when I was able to go into Escape, into the dance studio, it felt, first off, I felt an immediate relief. I felt safe. I felt like I could express myself. And from there, like it was years of dance, poetry, and art that really fueled and protected and saved my life as a young person. And so shout out to Escape and shout out to other programs that do this for young people. And that's really when I was like, wow, 
not only is it helping my body because I'm dancing and moving, I'm also just feeling less anxiety, less depression. I'm able to connect with community. I'm able to be with amongst my friends and truly express myself. But also when things were happening at home, I was able to talk to my dance teacher, Dominic Boyd, and get the support that I needed. And so that's when I really realized that art was a vehicle for health and also safety for me as a young person. As we go on, I I just want to remind people that we're talking about the Restoring Petals exhibition currently on display in the Allentown Art Museum. Just want to make sure if you just joined us, this is an immersive program where you can go and hopefully uh, find peace after the COVID-19 experience. You know, Ed, you mentioned your brother. I, I lost my mother early on in the, now she's an elderly woman, but you know, you, when, when you don't have an opportunity to say goodbye or even attend a funeral, it, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I think we all carry this, this around with us. Um, Ed, when you went to see Restoring Petals, can you explain some of the psychological things that you uh, might have observed about yourself? Yeah, thank you for asking. Well, first of all, I went over with a number of the pool fellows because Chloe was good enough to host what we call a community of practice. So fellows from all of the years of, of the, the fellowship, which is about 10 years worth, are invited to come to a community of practice where one of the fellows would present and share. And so she was good enough to invite us down to the art museum on a particular morning. And there's about 20 of us that, that attended. And Chloe is, is a very good teacher, a very good counselor, in addition to being a very good artist. And so she, on the front end, said, this may be impactful to you. You may feel some things that perhaps you haven't felt or that you felt, but you've been a little hesitant to share with other people. And that's okay. And she prepped that, that space for us in a very, very uh, gentle and very good way. And for that, Greg, that just allowed me to say, yeah, I'm going to go there. You know, I'm just going to feel that feel and I'm going to look at the art. I'm going to read the poetry. I'm, I'm always drawn to poetry. Uh, I'm going to walk around a little bit. And I kind of detached from the gang a bit mm-hmm. and kind of went into my own space and felt actually, you know, I'm ready to, you know, am I ready to cry? Am I ready to be angry? Am I ready to, yeah, I'm prepared for all that. Didn't happen at that given moment, but that's okay because I was giving myself, courtesy of Chloe's exhibit, permission to do so. Chloe, are are there some themes that you see in the poetry or in the music or just things that may have surprised you? Yeah, I I think one of the the biggest pieces that, one of the biggest things that came from this show was on opening day, we do have like a flower stage that we will be having performances at. And I'm really excited about the the flower shaped stage, but on this flower shaped stage, the artists that came to perform and like open up the space and bless the space with their energy and their love uh, for community, they all got really emotional and cried. And it was surprising to me because we as a society, we have a tendency to block and not emote in public. We have a tendency to, you know, stay away from those harder feelings and that affects our health so deeply. And so when I was able to see that these artists came and just 
bared their hearts and souls and cried in front of people and the audience cheered them on and embraced them, that was like some of the most beautiful moments of the show. And this is what the space is for, to embrace each other again and to really feel open and feel safe enough to to share those deep and hard feelings and then choose, right? There's a big part of the work that I do especially with young people and then community is choice. Like how do we choose to get involved in the art that we are taking in? So there's just all these different sections where you can kind of be like on a happier end, like you can enjoy the the ex exhibition and like really be in the mural section of it. But if you want to go deeper and kind of like do some investigative work on some of the feelings you're having, you can listen to the podcast with your peers from the community that are sharing their stories. You can read the poetry and, and really feel connected. There was a poem that a young person wrote about home and it's about their experience experience as um, someone who's Puerto Rican. And every time I'm in this space, I have someone who comes up to me and says, I'm, can I take a picture of this? Because I feel so deeply connected to this poem. And so being in that space, I feel like people have a choice and an option to leave and an option to stay for as long as the museum and the exhibition is open. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. Oftentimes we don't have choice in a society where, you know, you're kind of, you, you have to work, you have to go to school, you have to do this, you have to do that. What does it mean to have a third space where you don't have to do anything? Mm -hmm. Stay. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, just to piggyback on Chloe's comment, I really have to compliment the leadership at the Allentown Art Museum and the board for creating that third space. And the Restoring Petals is just such an excellent example of that. So, you know, I, I, I think folks who might not be as generous or progressive in their thinking about it might say, what does the art museum have to do with COVID or what does the art museum have to do with mental health? And the fact of the matter is the art museum is a fantastic asset and it enables us to get in touch with our thoughts and our feelings and it, it, it builds community and it gives us an opportunity a touchstone to talk about things that perhaps we might not otherwise talk about. And there's no charge to attend. Yep, completely free. And that's the that's the best part. The, the Allentown Art Museum, also too, I was a part of their fellowship program, their Art in Actions fellowship program. And like that really helped me as an artist process a lot of heavy feelings. You know, I lost a lot of folks during this time and I've always wanted to create a space to honor them. And so they took my very big dream and very big idea of creating this immersive space and working with over 35 artists um, in the community. And they said, you know what, we're going to support Chloe in this mission and in this work and hold the space for her um, and make sure that she has what she needs. So I was able to have an incredible team at the education department, you know, shout out to Abby, Ray, Genesis, Nicole, and Margie. They were a huge part of this piece. And when you have institutions and spaces like that, that allow the community, especially, you know, talented community artists to do this work, incredible things happen. Chloe, can you explain how somebody might view your exhibition and then how can they go home and process these feelings? You might come away with feeling a little uh, recall of fear and anger. How can we put this in a proper place once we get home? Any ideas for us there? 
So I, I think one of the biggest things that, so in my director's note that I have that's like stationed in the reading space or the rest is a vibe space. What I say is if you're having some deeper, bigger feelings, 988 is a life-saving number. You can text it, you can call it, it'll get you connected for free with someone to talk to through some of these challenging feelings. So I offer that to communities. I also offer, you know, what does it mean to start having conversations about getting connected to a therapist? And I can ensure and make sure that those, you know, resources are there as well. And then also too, like working with your primary care physician to connect you to a therapist. I think it's so important that we are continuing the conversation in a safe space of professionals, but also there are so many community resources that we can really have those conversations with community. So if you find that you're having challenging feelings, I have left information if you wanted to connect with me, but also 988 is so important. What a great, Such an important what a great thing to mention, Ed. You have, through your work, probably seen people coming out of a bad situation who are hesitant to make that call. Can you give them some advice? I mean, it's you know you're going to have to talk freely. Isn't that sometimes a little anxiety-provoking out of the gate? But it always, after you're there, it's okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Something that I think about from time to time, Greg, is that you know, people will say, I'm smart. I can just think about this and be okay. And so let me just say, you can't think your way out of this. You have to feel your way out of this. And I think it's important to differentiate. You know, you can logically, intellectually say, wait a minute, I'm feeling anxious or whatever that might be. Uh, I'll deal with it, you know, because I'm a grown up or whatever. I'm smart. I can figure this out. Um, but when you have to feel your way out of it, sometimes we're not as equipped as we are when we think, when, when we're thinking our way out of things. I, I was going with a, to a less intense because I'm not a therapist, so I'm not not in a place to to offer professional advice. I'm more of a community health fellow. But two things I would say, Greg. One is I don't know how they handled the influenza pandemic of more than 100 years ago, but I suspect they didn't do it really well in terms of you know uh, reintroducing people back into some sort of normal. Mm -hmm. I think some of us are old enough uh, in, in the listening audience to remember the polio work that was done and, and, and how communities rallied around that in terms of polio vaccine and such. It was a different experience, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, a different experience. And then, you know, the one that touches us all is HIV AIDS. And in the early days, there was nothing. I mean, there, good things came out of it, but it was almost long to a great degree after, after a lot of it was already well integrated into our lives and well, well impacting all of our lives. So from a public health perspective, I try to think, you know, what did we learn from past pandemics? What did we learn from last epidemics? And what are we learning? What's the after action report on COVID? So that we start to think about how do we think about people's mental health? How do we think about people's ability to maintain some semblance of, of consistency in their lives? And, uh, you know, we're in a terrible place when it comes to social isolation, and I think COVID is responsible for a lot of that. Uh, but how do we how do we get ready for the next iteration of whatever might be coming? Uh, I was lucky enough to be at the CDC control headquarters once upon a time a few years ago, and you know, just like it's right out of a James Bond uh, movie with you know the, the the phone, the red phone, and the, the the clocks that say you know what's going on in Beijing and what mm -hmm. time is it in Moscow and such. 
And the plaque on the wall as you enter that room says, the next pandemic is inevitable. Uh, and what struck me with that is the po folks who walk into that room to work are basically saying, not on my watch, which is amazing and heroic and good. But that said, I think we should probably think about an after action report and what, what are the lessons learned and how do we think about this a little bit? I still have many friends who are hesitant to go out, a little reluctant. I'm, I myself am a little reluctant to maybe go to a concert. Mm -hmm. I have to think about that long and hard before I want to be out in front of a couple of thousand people. I still mask up when I go to church. I mask up when I go to go grocery shopping. So not being the therapist, Greg, I would say, you know what? Uh, if, you, if you haven't been out of the house or you don't go out of the house too often, go to the art museum, put on a mask there you and go. see how that feels. Chloe, what are some ways that we can further and more effectively connect with the community as we look toward the future with art as a means of healing? I think it's really important that we continue creating spaces like these. Restoring Petals, as I've mentioned to folks before, has continuous heartbeat. Um, we're having we're having shows and programming throughout every month until the exhibition ends. So February 25th, we're going to be hosting 15 poets at the Allentown Art Museum from 3 to 5 p.m. And Spinning Truth from Dare of High School will be there. There will be a credible lineup of local professionals who will be sharing their work around COVID-19 and continuing the conversation. But it is so important that art is a part of all of our lives and our professional and personal lives. Um, how can you make it a part of the office? How do you continue to support the art, fund the art, ensure that artists have the money and the space to create art? I think it's so, so important that we make art a part of our health plans. So is art making a part of the way you decompress from a long work day? Is art making a part of the way that you process big, big feelings? Is art making a way that you connect with your family and your children? Is art how someone learns and grows? And so asking yourself those questions and making art a part of your life is so essential for healing. It's just another language for us to utilize to talk about big, challenging feelings whether they be hope, joy, despair, grief, um, how do we fund the arts and how do we support the arts and ensure that artists have a space to create? Once again, we've been talking with Chloe Cole Wilson, and we've been talking about this display. She's got the Allentown Art Museum Restoring Petals. It's an immersive experience. It's free. Once again, Chloe, what's that number if somebody's feeling like they you're having trouble coping, that they should call without hesitation? Yep, text or call 988. Ed, any final thoughts? I'd like to thank Chloe for her generosity. I think she's just a wonderful citizen of our community, and I think that she brings so much to the party. So thank you, Chloe, very, very much for thank all you. that you do. I know that you're very, very busy all the time, and you do an <laughs> awful lot of things, and we are the better for it. So thank you so very much. Thank you happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, I, what I what I what I sense from Chloe, it, I we've not met except on the show, but what I sense from you is a lot of kindness and wanting to help your community. I congratulate you for that and thank you for that. Thank you. With that, we are out of time. Chloe Cole Wilson, thank you for joining us this evening on Health Beat. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Edward as always. Thank you to my co-host. So you've been Thanks listening. So much, Greg. Yeah, you bet. Good show, Chloe. You've been listening to HealthBeat on WDIY 88.1 FM. If you would like to listen to this program again, 
or share it with somebody, please go to our WDIY website at WDIY.org or the WDIY app where Health Beat is archived or your favorite podcast or smart speaker platform. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. Have a great evening. If you enjoyed this program, please go to WDIY.org or the WDIY app to share or become a WDIY member.